Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. Should Not we throw almost my mom Mother's on the podcast? Day. It's almost Mother's Day. When we started this podcast, which was what, August? I yeah. said for Mother's Day, we should interview like mothers, grandmas, aunts, other figures. And you were like, no, nah, my mom can't even like do her own podcast. Oh, my God. That's true. <laughs> and I remember I was that. like, OK. And I was like, you're but, like, also my grandmas couldn't figure out Zoom. So like it's fine. So it all worked out. I like where we landed. On yeah. This. Yeah. This ended up really well. Really well. So, really good. In my family, Mother's Day is actually Haley's Day. Oh, so my because Mother's Day is she's she wouldn't be a mother if I wasn't born. So it's Haley's day. It's congratulations. I made her a mother. But my birthday is just like two weeks after Mother's Day. So my birthday is actually Yoli's day because she did all the hard work. I love that you switched. Yeah, my sister doesn't play into this. And my mom and I are weird enough. My mom's weird enough for me at that certain point. I'm definitely a weirder person than my mother if you haven't noticed already but for her she accepts that my birthday is Yoli's day and that mother's day is Haley's day she still gets like her own breakfast in bed and flowers and I still get like a birthday cake however it is Haley's day and Yoli's day I love that we also have like delayed mother's day for one reason or another this year we're delaying it because we're actually all going to be together at the end of May. So oh, we're just cute. like, Mother's Day is, well, because we have a family wedding. So oh, we're right. like all going to be in D.C. at the end of May. And I'll be like, well, just do Mother's Day brunch in D.C. with all of us. It'll be fine. It'll be great. We won't have to worry about anything. We won't all be together for Father's Day. Father's Day is also my dad's birthday. Like it's usually the same weekend. Celebrate Father's Day early. We just do both. Usually all he wants to do is go to the boat anyway. Why so can't just we just have Parents' Day? Yeah. I'm a yeah. big fan of Parents Day because my Make dad about non-binary parents or like, you know, if you have two moms, then you got to double down on one day. But like, we should just have like multiple parents. Days. My That's friend Jesse has two moms for stepmoms. One of her stepdads. My friend Jesse has two moms who I've mentioned on the podcast before. Uh, she has two moms, and one of her moms, her birthday is also June twenty. It's June twenty first. They don't really do Father's Day, but like that's kind of mommy's day is because it's her birthday look i stand by the mother's day father's day as the eldest child's day with do like them my mom sent me a birthday card this year that said happy birthday thanks for making me a mommy my favorite job ever and that was very sweet this modern world of science and invention is of particular interest to women Hello and welcome to Lady History, the feminist history podcast where we're slowly turning into our mothers. Lexi, what about you is most different to your mother? She's a neat freak and I'm a hot mess. And Haley, what about you is most similar to your mother? We both nag. We nag the people around. I eat my sister. And I'm Alana and this podcast is my pride and joy. Do we want to intro the idea? Yeah, we can intro the idea. Who wants to talk about why? <laughs> well, I, I think it was Lexi who came up with the idea of doing three Of doing moms. three generations. Yeah. yeah. But I did not pick them. No, I think that was a lot. I think, I, I love that this is like, what is our process? I can't remember. No, I remember I said, let's do, each do a mother of a person and then 
and then I was like, oh, let's do three generations of the same family. And then I don't think I had anyone in mind. And I think I thought we were going to end up like political because that's like, usually that's the only way that three generations are like all relatively well known. But I like where we ended up. Let me tell you. I do too. I'm really happy. I'm excited. I should have let Lexi do my lady like she wanted to, but it's okay. Uh, you took her. You were like, I connect here. I want this. I do connect here. And that's probably why I was so triggered. But honestly, sometimes when life is like too real, you're like, oh shit. I think that's what the problem was. <laughs> well, I picked Debbie. So you should start us off. So I'm going to start be- us off. Apologies, listeners. We will be going out of the traditional order because we're going to go in chronological order of these ladies. So just because it made more sense. Yes. So also, I shall pass used to go in a time. different order every time. For the first three episodes before you decided that you had to go last so your family would listen to the whole oh, yeah. show. No, no, no. You went last four. episode four. And then I was oh, like. Because episode four had the really good closing about evil women. About evil yeah. women. And then episode five was really good because surprise my chef lady was typhoid mary and then we and stuck then, with that since and then that we stuck yeah. with that because i was because then you then also did coco six, surprise so for episode six i was like no i have to keep going last so that my family listens yeah and then coco i don't surprise. remember how this order happened but that's the athena 2000 electronic machine by singer it's a hundred dollars off push these buttons it sews 25 stitches beautiful even measures buttons and makes buttonholes to fit in one step if you missed your chance last time, the big singer sale is back. Hey, Debbie, if you was my mother, what would you think of your son now? Huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I claim Debbie Reynolds because I've known for a long time that we are the same person. So, Lana, <laughs> you had that. But I like I knew and I love Debbie. I've loved Debbie for a long time. And you may know her as Kathy Selden, the voice of uh, Charlotte from Charlotte's Web. Yeah, that little spider Aggie Cromwell, or just Debbie Reynolds, badass actress, singer, and businesswoman, and also mother. She does it all. And again, with trying to actually fit days of storytelling, I'm going to do little morsels of goodness. So I've broken it up into three parts, all connected back to my life, because I'm like that. So swan diving into the first story, April Fools may bring you some Girl Scout cookies. She was born on April 1st, 1932, and this April Fool's baby loved it. In an interview, she said, quote, life has to have a lot of laughs. And for all those laughs, she also had the Girl Scouts. And as a fellow Girl Scout, let's just say I'm obsessed. She said, quote, in my heart, I'll always be a Girl Scout. And she actually earned 47 out of the 100 merit badges. And I think there are more now because I definitely have like 47 or like, I have like a whole vest. They have and added I, a lot more. Since yeah. And yeah. now there's like region specific ones. Yep. But at yep. the beginning there was like, I actually have, I think it's the 1942 guide on oh, my I desk right now. I, um, I will double check how many badges there were in that one. I famously was never a Girl Scout. Because I was a, which is the kindergarten one? Is the kindergarten one a brownie or a daisy? Daisy. I was daisy, a daisy yeah. for half an hour. And they wanted me to do all of this ridiculous shit. Like, say my own name in a group of people. So, little baby Lana was not a Girl Scout. I stuck through it. I, my mom was actually my troop leader. So, I also connected back to this Mother's Day episode. 
After that active point of being a Girl Scout within the school years, she registered as a Girl Scout with the goal of dying as the world's oldest living Girl Scout. And she had been one for 70 years. And from the both of us, the Girl Scout program was definitely like a highlight within our youth. So kudos to them. Well, now we have our, another story and the one that I had to tell. And we're parking our broomstick in Halloween Town. So I watch these movies like four times a year, one for each season. And I really had to like restrain myself because a lot of the fun facts I know are about the movie uh, series in general, but we need to keep it to our pal Debbie. And if you haven't like seen them, never fear the essential plot points and spoiler alerts, but also they're on Disney plus and they've been out since the early 2000s. So I don't think they're major spoiler alerts. Debbie is... Agatha or Aggie Cromwell, a witch that uses her magical powers to help save both the like human world and Halloween Town, which is like this other world on a universal, different universal plane with the help of her daughter and grandkids. And on the set, Debbie was known as like the funnest team player and was like down to do everything and just made life fun, was really funny and joking around all the time. And that just makes me smile because just the star power to continuously go to set so upbeat and wanting to have all the kids be treated as equals, but then also make sure that they're having the funnest time ever is like a really hard task to do. However, at least for their first movie filmed in St. Helens, Oregon, they were having the hottest summer ever. We're at like the time of shooting the movie which caused many problems with some actors passing out from heat and dehydration because the costumes of like the monsters were just huge, like the mascot uniforms. They're kind of like those where you had a whole headdress, head to toe garment. And Debbie was wearing a long, thick velvet cloak for the whole movie. So she had to be that upbeat, that like, Let's do all the fun, be that funny while sweating her buttocks off. And I know I couldn't have done that. I feel like most people could not have been that upbeat while sweating so much. And I just give her props for that. My last story is a quote of hers that she would like to say on the Halloween Town set is, yes, I'm Princess Leia's mother. So she would go around, she's a queen herself, come on. But in the, my Halloween Town research, this quote kept popping up that she was like so, so proud of Carrie. And that was another way that she connected like with the kids and the other people on set that she'd be like, yeah, my daughter's Princess Leia. I'm so proud of her. When I was younger, I didn't think of like celebrity having kids. I'm going to be completely honest here. I was not, was not a smart kid when it came to some like connecting the dot things. And especially when I saw them as like an older person and Aggie was playing a grandmother and she fit the role of a grandmother. So when we were in college, Holly was talking about Carrie and Star Wars. And I was just so confused because I've never seen Star Wars. And Holly was like, Debbie Reynolds, uh, the the gal from Halloween Town. And my mind has forever been blown. And I want to know if there's like anyone else out there that also had this realization of Debbie Reynolds is actually a mother, um, not the grandmother of three kids or three witches and a warlock, I should say. Those kids, as my tangent continues, is, are obviously Carrie Fisher and Todd Fisher. And I actually read a really good article about Todd opening up his, about his life with his mom and Carrie both post their deaths because 
Carrie died and then a day later Debbie died so Todd said that Debbie never wanted to outlive her children and in the last few hours of her life she said that she wanted to be with Carrie and this wasn't a moment of just pure grief like she had always had that attitude and Todd was saying that in this interview he followed his mother's footsteps and kind of carries with being in the film industry with job titles of like director cinematographer producer and actor and he always said that while like we were always because like if you're Debbie Reynolds is child and now Carrie Fisher's brother you're going to be somewhat in the public eye and he noted that his mother always took time for the public but also took time to be with him and say like you're my son if you want to be private right now you can be private and like vice versa our relationship doesn't regard the public I'm your mother he noted that they had a quiet, peaceful, and like an unspoken love that did not require a lot of attention to be fed to it. So it wasn't something that he needed constant reassurance. He always knew his mother was there for him and just like a loving human being. He has a memoir about his life yes. with like growing up with Carrie and Debbie. It's called My Girls. Yeah, I believe this was an interview And the quote, because I paraphrased the quote, but the quote that he said about his mother's love is, quote, a quiet, peaceful, and unspoken love that did not require constant attention. I believe this was like in reference to his book being released. That's very sweet. the force. Uh, So this story has a trigger warning for drug abuse and mental illness. If you or someone you know is struggling, please use the resources in the show notes. Carrie Fisher was born October 21st, 1956, a Libra Scorpio cusp. Uh, One of my sources is an LA Times interview with All three of today's ladies, I sent it to our group chat earlier today. And Debbie Reynolds describes herself as a true Aries and Carrie as a true Libra. So I had to give that article a shout out just for like my props to Debbie Reynolds for saying that. Truly a woman after my own heart. Carrie's father, Eddie Fisher, was Jewish. And in the same LA Times article, Carrie says that she's half Jewish, but the wrong half. Of course, there is no wrong half. Patrilineal Jews are Jews, but she kind of identified as half Jewish throughout her life, even though I don't think her brother does very much. I just wish I could know what Debbie's reaction to Carrie saying that. Just be it's like in the interview. So but did Debbie have like a quip? She was just like Carrie goes on, like, because when Carrie was married to Paul Simon, they got married in Israel. And like the Orthodox people in Israel were like, Debbie isn't Jewish. Carrie's not Jewish, even though her father is Jewish. And so Debbie Reynolds is like, don't, don't make them angry. <laughs> Cause they, she'd already like been talking shit about Catholics earlier in the interview and was like, just stop it, stop it. <laughs> it's a really great interview. It's from like 1994. It's amazing. She did an interview for the Baltimore Jewish times that was published. I swear to God, it was published the day before she died. And the first line is you cannot make this up. Quote, Carrie Fisher wants you to know that she's doing just fine. Thank you very much. Awkward. 
It's a really fun interview, though. She talks it like they talk about how Luke and Leia are Jewish because their mom is Natalie Portman. I think that's very funny. <laughs> you're killing me. You're killing me. I'm done. <laughs> I've ceased to exist. But we'll get to we'll get to the uh, death times when we get to the death times. Famously, Carrie Fisher broke. Famously, Carrie Fisher booked Star Wars when she was 19 while she was in drama school in London. Uh, she left drama school to be in Star Wars. Imagine you're like an acting student and you read a script and you're like, this looks neat. And so and then you like book the gig and then the gig becomes one of the biggest film franchises of all time. I think that's wild. Like, that would be so crazy. The best part is like no one thought Star Wars would work. And then it yeah. became like a cultural phenomenon. That's the best part. Incredible. Uh but Carrie's life goes beyond Star Wars, of course. She had a bunch of other film and TV roles, uh, as well as becoming a writer. She wrote a couple of novels, uh, including Postcards from the Edge, that she also wrote the screenplay for. And then the movie starred her bestie, Meryl Streep. Imagine your bestie is Meryl Streep. She also wrote some memoir type stuff. Her last book was published just a few weeks before her death called The Princess Diarist, which is a great title. Uh, and it's her diaries from when she was uh, working on A New Hope. She details an affair with Harrison Ford that doesn't make Harrison Ford look that good. He was kind of a sleaze bag. It's back kind there. of a sleazy thing. And Carrie was like, no, 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 it's, it's fine. Look, he does, it doesn't look that bad. He was but a like, lot older than her. <laughs> a lot older than her. And she was drunk the first time. Mm. And people would be like, it was the 70s. Still was not okay. Still was not okay. All of the covers for her nonfiction memoir type stuff have pictures of Princess Leia on them. And I really respect the uh, commitment. Like, wishful drinking, it's Princess Leia with her head on like a table and a martini glass. I think it's hilarious. I love the commitment. I love it. You love to see it. She also became a script doctor, but I'm not quite sure what that means. I think it's just someone who reads other people's scripts and is like, this part is bad. And I think it should be like this instead. And she was really good at it. And like everyone wanted her to be their script doctor. Are you Sad sure it's stuff not time. like prescriptions? I'm like pretty sure scripts. it's not prescriptions. No, because she was not a medical that's professional. What, yeah. I assume it was reading and. Okay, that's what I like. Because I editing. know script doctors as. No, she does or, not. She was a Hollywood degree. person. That's what it I is. thought. But I like. At my uh, at my pulmonologist. If Carrie Fisher was also a doctor, that would be pretty impressive. <laughs> exactly. Pretty impressive. But at my pulmonologist, they call like getting your scripts. Go to the script doctor, or the doc will write your scripts. So when I heard that, I was like, "What?" Okay, sad stuff time. Sorry, Carrie was diagnosed with bipolar disorder in her mid twenties and turned to drug use as a way to cope with it. She nearly OD'd when she was twenty eight and was hospitalized, and she relapsed several times throughout her life. Electroconvulsive therapy really worked for her, but I find talking about ECT very triggering, so that's all I'm going to say about that because it's my fucking podcast. Anyway, Carrie was briefly married to Paul Simon, and even after they divorced, they were kind of on again, off again. Uh, later, she had a relationship with Brian Lord, who was a talent agent. They had a daughter named Billy <laughs> in 1992, but then Brian left Carrie for another man in 1993, but like stayed in touch and in contact with them. I'm sure Lexi will talk about that. I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention Gary, her gray bulldog who became her emotional support animal and who is wonderful. Uh, she talks about him in the NPR interview in my sources. So go there, listen to that, read that. Really fun. She's, she was a fun lady. 
Unfortunately, Carrie Fisher died on December 27th, 2016, four days after having a heart attack. And we all thought she was doing better, but she was not. Do you remember how we all thought she was doing better? I was writing this up and I was like, we all thought she was going to be fine. I remember where I was. I remember when I, where I was with Alan Rickman, Robin Williams, oh, and Alan Debbie Rickman. Reynolds. I remember where I was for David Bowie. Oh, David Bowie too. I also have to finish with the Prozac urn. Carrie's ashes were placed in an urn shaped like a giant Prozac pill. Uh, that was like her absolute favorite thing in the world. It was her favorite possession. And so her brother and her daughter thought she would like to have had her ashes there. Uh, and then the urn was buried with her mother on the same day. And they had a little private funeral and it was very nice. It's amazing. Billy Lord was born to be a star. And as we've talked about, uh, she was a third generation. I have to interrupt star. real fast. Yeah. Because I think one of the sources that I didn't end up using as a source was like opened with Carrie Fisher was born to be a star. It's cliche, it's generic, but I think it is most suited to Billy, who is literally a third generation actress. So, like, come at me. Is your family that good at something? I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe you're a 50th generation falconer. I don't know. Tell us about it if you are. That would be really dope and I'd love to meet you. Can we start a generational trend of archaeologists and museum people? I don't want to force my kids the to leakies. do archaeology and be broke the for leakies. the rest of their lives. Leakies. So she was born to be a star. She was born on July 17th, 1992 in LA to talent agent Brian Lord and of course Carrie Fisher, who we just talked about. And later in life, he got married to a man and adopted that man's daughter. So he has a stepfather and stepsister. Her family insisted that she could not pursue a career in acting from a young age. They didn't want her to be a child star. And they wanted her to go get a college degree. And I think this kind of comes from how Debbie treated Carrie. Like she was not a child actress. She did not go out and get roles. She had to go out to school and like you know, get a degree and then come back, um, even though she dropped out. But I think it was like something that Debbie imparted on Carrie and then Carrie imparted on Billy of like, go get an education and make sure this is really what you want to do before you commit your whole life to it or something bad happens to you because you started too young. So they were like, go get a college degree. And her parents insisted that she major in anything but acting. She could act in her free time, but it could not be her major because they didn't want it to like control her life or her decisions. So she made her own major at NYU. Uh, apparently NYU has an entire school in which their whole thing is like people who make their own majors up. And then you go take courses at all the other NYU schools. And gosh darn, if I had known that, I would have majored in some weird funky thing at NYU. But she made up a major that was about the intersections of religion and psychology. And I think that's super interesting because she comes from a very mixed religious background in her family. And so she probably had a really unique perspective of studying all those things. And it also sounds like a really cool major that she made up. like And psychology because of Carrie's illness. Yeah. So I think, I think it was really personal. And even though she couldn't major in acting, I think she majored in something that was really personal like and rooted in her own life and her family. And she graduated in 2014, which when you think about it, isn't that long ago? Because I graduated high school in 2015. So like, that's crazy. But you know, makes sense. She was born in 1992. 
Her first film debut, because, you know, she could not stay away from acting, was a year later in 2015 when she had a role in, guess what? Star Wars, The Force Awakens. This is so fitting for her. Honestly, Jesus so Christ, cool. that was 2015? Yeah, The Force Awakens came out in 2015. You guys, we've been in a panoramic for so long. It's also the year I graduated high school, so it was a long time ago. Like, I'm an adult. Anyway, so yeah, she debuted in Star Wars The Force Awakens. And it's so cool because that means that the Star Wars franchise has gone on so long and so is so strong that both her and her mom could be a part of the series. And her first movie was the last movie that she could be in with her mom because then after that she couldn't be in any movies with her mom anymore so that is nice or no were they in one more star wars movie together i forget i don't remember if billy was in the next one anyway she was in a movie with her mom i think so i think she i think billy lord has like a bit role that they were like put her we're gonna give it to her because she's billy lord daughter but yeah yeah but they didn't go the easy route of making her princess leia's daughter in the in the show which i wish instead it's adam driver's their child that's weird so confused right now have you not seen star wars never guys my parents saw star wars in the 80s got real confused and then just didn't pass it on to me Haley, i'm a failure the only people who haven't seen the star wars are the characters in star wars why because they live they live them star Ted. wars i rewatched Holly they lived them Haley. they lived them Rewatched. can i tell you something Holly i hate that show i yeah, hate oh, they're making, I they're making a sequel called how i make i met your father with hillary duff and i'm like what the fuck oh i saw yeah. that so yeah. off the rails but the other thing i will say is have you guys seen that meme where it's natalie portman and she's wearing a star wars shirt and some and someone's dumb like, dumb man says i bet she's never seen star wars and also, then they put says, the yes, stop wars yeah 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 it says stop wars right yeah but in but the, the star wars fun but like literally literally she's mad at me on my dollar like you tell you she wars. was in the <laughs> yeah she's never seen the star wars she lived them ted anyway oh that I, I, we just maybe i love my own star wars mark hamill he calls billy his space niece <laughs> You guys, Mark Hamill loves Star Wars so much. No. <laughs> and I love him. <laughs> I sneeze. I'm sorry, this is a lot of Star Wars, but I'm a Star Wars nerd. About Star Wars, Billy once told reporters, I grew up with three parents, a mom, a dad, and Princess Leia. Initially, Princess Leia was kind of like a stepmom. Now she's my guardian angel and I'm her keeper. Isn't that fucking beautiful? The same year as her debut in Star Wars, she was cast in an anthology-style series called Scream Queens, which actually aired prior to the premiere of her Star Wars debut. Because, you know, Star Wars takes a really fucking long time to edit. So even though they filmed it after it came out beforehand, because TV, boom, boom, ba 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 pow we get that out. Star Wars, it's in post-production for a hot second. You gotta keep it in the oven longer. You know, you can microwave a TV show. You got to really keep a movie in the oven. I have to text my dad that right now immediately, who is in the, the, the <laughs> in the industry, an industry, industry insider. I have to text him that right now immediately. TV, Continue keep a movie your story. Despite her parents insisting that she pursue a life outside of acting, Billy now works exclusively as an actress and producer. Since her debut, she has participated in many fabulous projects, including, but not limited to, American Horror Story, Booksmart, Will and Grace, where she had a cameo, and Billionaire Boys Club. The only likable character in season nine of American Horror Story. <laughs> and I am sure we will continue to see 
the work of her mother and grandmother as a successful entertainer continued through her, if that makes sense. Does that word make sense? Their spirit lives on in her hard efforts of the doing to entertain. In personal life news, Billy is engaged to Austin Rydell. They just got engaged in 2020. And they had a son in September 2020. His name is Kingston Fisher Lord Rydell. Will Kingston be in the Star Wars someday? Who knows? I think that's fun. I like that ending. It reminds me of the kid who was the baby in Labyrinth and now works with like the puppets like that. Oh, that's so cute. Like baby Toby, that little like baby Aww. now like works on on those kinds of puppets. I love which stories I like that. Yeah. I, I think he worked that. on Star Wars. Like I think he did the or he's like doing the baby Yoda puppeteering on the Mandalorian. Okay guys okay first off Haley, watch star wars but second off like people are like cgi is so good no no bitch puppeteering with a little bit of cgi overlay that's that's the real shit that's the next level that little nugget baby yoda whose name i won't say because it's a spoiler but that's not his name is that an important spoiler a lot of people were pissed when it got shared publicly but anyway why is it five seconds his name is grogu okay oh his name is grogu yes that was baba yaga why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm You've killed me. You've killed me today. Don't um, watch the show. Anyway, he is so realistic that I want him as a pet, but also as a child. And I love him. You can get a baby Yoda in The Sims 4 now. Yeah, it's not as cute. <laughs> you can find this podcast on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at LadyHistoryPod. Our show notes and a transcript of this episode and our merch will be on LadyHistoryPod.com. If you like the show, leave us a review or follow us on Patreon. And if you don't like the show, keep it to yourself. Our logo is by Alexia Ibarra. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Lexi B. Draws. Our theme music is by me, GarageBand, and Amelia Earhart. Lexi is doing the editing. You will not see us, and we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Lady History. Next week on Lady History, we're getting Tech Nickel with our podcast stories. No one's going to get it until the episode comes out, but I kind of love it. I like that it's like a teaser and not like a, it's like a, a sneaky hint and not like sneaky snooze.